Let's pray. Creator, we thank you for this opportunity to gather for this time. And I pray that you would just speak through me. Holy Spirit, let it be your words, not mine. In your name we pray. Amen. So welcome. My condolences if you were waking up and expecting snow. I know I was, um, and I was bitterly disappointed. But today we're going to be talking about the second the second series in the Called Sermon series, and we're going to be talking about how we are called together. Before we get in, I want to talk about a brief story. Um, so when I first started Bible school, my very first year, I didn't know anybody going in. I was pretty scared about the fact that I had no friends. But my very first week um, at school, my, the roommate, my roommate, and the, the roommates across the hall from me uh, were starting to get to know each other. And one of them actually happened to be Dylan. And Dylan said, hey, listen, my roommate uh, forgot his glasses at the Sandman Hotel across town when he flew in from Saskatchewan, and we need to go pick him up. And I said, well, I want to come. I want to make some friends. So me and my roommate went with him, with Dylan and his roommate, uh, driving across town. We were all new to Abbotsford, so we didn't know the city at all. And as we were pulling up to the Sandman, um, it's all the way across town, and once you get in there, you have two choices. You can either turn left, which is the way you're supposed to go to get to the Sandman, or you can turn right to merge onto the highway, and we all didn't know where we were going, and it looked like you could go to the, to the right. So we ended up on, on the right side of the road, and we ended up onto the highway, and we were all pretty worried at that point because when we looked at their maps, we saw that the next turnoff wasn't for another 15, 20 minutes. Uh, so we were all pretty mad, and uh, we were blaming Dylan a little bit for, for driving us to the wrong side of the road, but I had the choice, and normally I get mad when things don't go to plan, and I get um, upset that I wasn't exactly the way I was supposed to be, but in that moment, I, I kind of realized that, hey, I don't know these people, I think they're kind of cool, and we have this choice to either enjoy ourselves or get mad that we went the wrong way. So I sat there, and I was like, hey, this is actually kind of fun, and I'm at peace with the fact that I'm just with three people in a car that I don't know. And I, I remember that moment specifically because I thought, hmm, maybe I'll use this in a sermon later. And sure enough, I can. So I tell that story not for no point, but to tell the story because I want you at home uh, to think of a time where you were just with people in a community and maybe there wasn't necessarily a point to that. Maybe you weren't going anywhere or doing a certain thing, but you found yourself at peace being with people I know when I'm camping, I find that. When I'm with my family I haven't seen for a long time, I'm with, I have that feeling. And so I want you to, to think about that feeling and, and recognize how it, how it goes so deep into you. Because I'm going to make this assertion, and I want to see if you agree with it. We are called together because we are created for community. We are created in a way in which God intended us to live in community. And I'm going to make that claim because I believe our need for intimate community reflects our imago Dei, which means our image of God. The very image of God reflected in us points to the need for community. I'm going to teach you a new word, it's a new Greek word, perichoresis. And I don't blame you if you don't know that word. But it simply refers to how God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit in our Christian theology about the Holy Spirit uh, and, and the Trinity, they live independently and together in perfect relationship with themselves. And I'm sorry if that was a little confusing, but basically perichoresis refers to the eternal relationality of the Trinity and how God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit live independently within themselves. 
This is a quote from Created for Community. The God we know is the triune one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, united together in perfect love. Because God is community, the fellowship shared among the Father, Son, and Spirit, the creation of humankind in the divine image must be related to humans in fellowship with each other. I hope you got that. The image of God in us can be seen as a social reality in the way that we interact with people around us because we mirror how the Trinity interacts with each other in perfect relation. Because we're asserting here that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit existed independently before the universe was created, before God created the universe, they existed in perfect relationship that didn't need anything else. They, were, they existed in perfect relationship, and it was, it was full of shalom, full of peace. So this has real implications for how we see ourselves. If we claim that we're made in the image of God, we must be made in that image as well. So that is why we are so dependent on the community around us, why we are, are such communal creatures, because we, we mirror the way that, the, that God is himself, themselves. Acts 17, 28, For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. We are God's children, and we mirror his own perichoresis. We are called together because it reflects who we are, created in the image of God. So let's move on from that. Let's move to Psalm 62. We heard it read earlier, and I'm going to read verses 1 to 5. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this tottering fence, surely they intend to topple me. From my lofty place they take delight in lies. With the mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. And these two verses I'm going to point out. Verse 1, truly my soul finds rest in God. Verse 5, yes, my soul finds rest in God. These two verses point to the reality that being together with God is so intimate and impactful because it mirrors the relationship that God has with himself. It mirrors our creational purpose. But I'll be honest, I, I am not necessarily like David and, and able to find in the midst of chaos just that one moment to be at rest with God. I mean, I've been in, in this COVID pandemic like everybody, and I've been at home more than usual, and I've been struggling with the fact that I can't see people, but I still haven't been able to be like David and, and sit with God and find that peace. So I think we all need to strive to be like that, to be like David, to be able to, in the midst of his walls crumbling down, to be able to be able to say, I'm still at peace with God. I pray that we can all be more like that, really. We are called together, not only with each other, but also with God. That's how we're called together. We can move to Mark chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 16 to 18. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fish for people. And once they left their nets and followed him. So now this is not just a clever pun that Jesus employs, fishers of men, but it's the fact that Jesus sought a tight-knit community 
of people. And he seeks this, he seeks four of them uh, in this passage who later become his inner circle, but he also seeks 12 disciples to, to teach and mentor, but also his larger community of people and his family that would travel with him in his ministry and life to be a community. And if we assert that Jesus, who is the Son of God, who is fully God and fully human, if we assert that, we also have to, we also have to let go of the fact that Jesus doesn't need humans to complete his ministry. God doesn't need us to bring about his kingdom, but yet he chooses to. Jesus, at the very, very start of his ministry, before doing anything, chooses people to bring around him in community, in intimate community. When he says fishers of men, he points to the fact that Jesus wants intimate community that's participatory. He doesn't want community that is going to be around him to watch him and clap him on for all of his deeds, to give him praise because he's so amazing. No, he wants people to support him, to challenge him, to learn with him, to grow with him, and later on to continue his ministry. It's important that we see that he didn't have to do that, and it's crazy that he actually did. It's, it points to the fact that God's mission and the way he wants it to be realized is us within community, within people, because the kingdom cannot be realized without being together. We are called together because we must model after the ministry and life of Jesus, who sought intimate community. And you might be sitting at home wondering why I'm preaching about that and preaching about how we're supposed to be together in an intimate community in the, in the midst of a global pandemic and the fact that we literally can't be together. Um, it might sit uneasy, and it, it, certainly, it certainly does for me as well as I talk about this. But I want to emphasize that this is such an a important thing for us, and it goes so deep into who we are, because it points to why, and it's not the only reason, but it's one of the major reasons why the COVID pandemic has been so hard for us. The fact that we have to isolate, the fact that we have to be social distanced from the people we love, it's been so hard because it, it's taking away a part of how God created the world to be. And of course, we assert that the world is not perfect and intended because the world was broken because of sin entering the world, but this was still a part of how God wanted it to be, and we're missing that. We're missing that in the COVID pandemic. We cannot be together. And of course, I'm not asserting that we, we should break the rules and do anything. No, the rules are important. Of course, we need to protect people who are vulnerable. But this is key as a church. We need to see that it is important. I know for me, the second uh, period of quarantine from November to March or November to now has been way, way harder than the first one, March to whatever it was in June. Um, I'm, I'm sure many of you can relate to that. It's been harder because the, the daylight has been less. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't have an end date in sight. And I just think we need to take a pause and say we need to have some grace for ourselves for feeling so bad. Because there's a reason. There's a purely natural reason for why we're feeling that way. Because we're living without a part of our creational purpose. We're living without a part of what God intended us to be and how we're supposed to live to live out the mission of God. So we're, we're living without that. That's probably a reason why we're, we're struggling so much with, with missing people. Because it goes so deep into who we are. So please, please have some grace for yourself if you've been struggling with that. I also want to say all these things because we need to take this knowledge with us as we transition, hopefully, back into more normal life 
later this year with the prevalence of vaccines, maybe into next year, we are able to see our family again, see our friends again, go back to work in person. As we do all these things, we need to take how important it is to be in community in mind. And I'm challenging us to never take it for granted again, being able to be with each other. And I've heard that many times, and I've heard everyone say it. We, need, we cannot take it for granted. But it's so easy for us to get desensitized after a while. And we're going to get back, in, back into it, and we're going to forget how, what, what it was like in COVID. But I'm, but I'm pleading with you, never stop celebrating the shalom, the peace that will enter back into our lives as we are able to celebrate being together, as we are called together. Please don't forget about how we're supposed to in, live in that shalom with people. And thirdly, the third thing I want us to take away from this is that we need to look forward to the very, very future as well. Our future eschatological hope. And if you remember that word, uh, eschatological means future, end times, what God is going to bring about at the very end of times and what we're all looking forward to. If we believe all these things about how we're created and how we're intended to live in community, we also have to give up that one day God will bring to pass a human society in new creation or heaven, what you want to call it, in which God's children enjoy perfect fellowship with each other, the created world and the creator. Because we have this future hope of new creation where God will redeem and when Jesus comes back and he brings all things to intended purpose. And if we assert that in our image of God, we're created in that purpose to live together in community, that will be a part of new creation, which we should get excited about. So we're called together as one church, one body, and one people now in this COVID pandemic. We're still supposed to, and we do that virtually. But also in the near future, as we go back to more normal life and into the very, very future, into the, to the not yet future of what we're excited about and called to, we should get excited about all of those things because we're called together to every single one of them. We're called together. So I'm just going to close in prayer. Creator, we, we thank you for this opportunity to learn about how we are created in your image and created in the image of relationality and how, we're, how the fact that we are communal people is reflected in your very essence. We thank you for that incredible, incredible revelation and I pray that we don't forget that now as we struggle and now as we enter into a more normal life. I pray we don't forget it. And also as we get excited, excited about the future, I pray we can just keep that in mind. So we pray all these things in your name. Amen.